0: She's a firefly. Got lost, but she's following her own light. On the outside, looking through the window. The city lights shine bright, but she still glows. We are all miracles and must make the most of our limited time here. Each of us have these unique gifts to contribute to the world. And it's our job to develop these gifts and give them away. That's why I created the Preschool SLP podcast. The Preschool SLP is about working smarter to create real change in ourselves and in others. Being an SLP is a mission. It's about showing up every single day. It's about evaluating your work. It's about innovating practice. Let's discuss topics that matter What are the game changing strategies? How can we treat the whole child? How can we create the shiniest versions of ourselves and of our clients? We're here at the drawing board for a reason. You bring your own unique gifts. Together, let's create better.
1: mirror, mirror, on the wall, what is the greatest speech sound treatment target of them all? We are talking S blends today. S blends are total game changers when it comes to treating speech sound disorders. Some S blends are total duds and some S blends are ridiculously powerful. We're going to talk about Four guiding principles to select asplens that create maximum change today. Before we begin, I want to share with you my asplent treat. So I might have mentioned this to you before, but I like my salty carbs, and it's like a serious issue because I will drive home and buy a huge bag of Skinny Pop. We're talking like family size, and by the time I get home it's empty and I'm just covered in white cheddar. It's a bad sight. There's none left for my son or husband. So what I do is through environmental arrangement, I purposely do not drive by the store on the way home. And instead, when I get home, this is what I make and it does the trick. So here's my S trait. I make with sprouted Ezekiel bread. I take a slice of that and then I spread on goat cheese. And then on top of the goat cheese, I have slices of tomato. And then I sprinkle on sea salt. This is delicious. You've got to try this. It is so good. And it doesn't even spike my blood sugar. It's probably because of the fat and the protein from the goat cheese. Ezekiel bread is flourless, and I'm trying to stay away from flour. That's been my new health goal. Okay, let's get back to the S blends. I just had to share that with you. The S blends, four guiding principles. The first principle when it comes to the S blends is that the later the developing the sound, the greater the change. So you want to pick the last developing sound, which in our language is SKR as your blend if you wanna get the greatest gains. That's because there's a cascading impact in which the earlier developing sounds underneath the SKR will naturally and spontaneously develop by you working on the latest developing sounds. It doesn't work the other way. It doesn't work like a geyser in which an earlier developing sound spontaneously produces later developing sounds. Doesn't work that way. It's always the cascading like a waterfall. The second principle that we need to keep in mind with S is maximally distinct clusters. And this means that the S, which is an obstruent sound, that means that the airflow is obstructed, is going to be combined with a very different type of sound. And the very different type of sound will be something known as a sonorant, in which the airflow flows over the tongue. So, in our language, the sonorant consonants are the liquids L and R and the glides W and YA. Yeah. What we want to do is combine that S blend with an L, R, W, or YA. Yeah. You might be thinking, yeah, that doesn't make any sense. But in a word such as Skew It to Me, where you have the S combined the YA, yeah, SK that would be an example of you're taking that absorption S and you're going from zero to a hundred, in which it's turning into the glide ya. Yeah. So we want certain Soleil in the mouth, in which the s, which is an obstruent, is combined with a very different type of sound, which is a sonorant. And what happens is maximal level of complex motor coordination. And as a result, the easier clusters are going to naturally develop, such as an obstruent with an obstruent, such as an sd blend. That's going to be easier to produce, in which you're taking a, a fricative and you're combining it with a stop. Two. Two airflow stopping obstruent sounds. The third rule when it comes to picking the S blend is think about the facilitating context for other sounds. So many children say W for R. What S blend cluster can give us a nice R sound? That's when SKR is invaluable. So with SKR, you have your lips retracted. Skrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrr Many children produce the W for R, but because of the SK, the smile is already there, the R is going to be easier to produce. Contrast that to SPR. That's very difficult to not produce a W there. way the child is gonna to wanna to say, instead of SPRAY. So it's really important to consider S K R. If you need to work on the R and that's being produced as a W, also think about lisping of S. So if the child has a lateral lisp of S, in which the air is just escaping from the side of the mouth, is slushy, like that, or if the child has their tongue out between their teeth and producing a th for S you want to go with the SKR. And that's because the lips, once again, are retracted. And when the lips are retracted, that lessens the amount of air that can come from the side when you have that nice smile. Also, it becomes more visual that the tongue is sticking out and easier to tell the child to keep the snake in the cage and the teeth together. So that is the third principle. The facilitating context, if you have a W for R, or if you have a TH for an S, or a lateral lisp, you want to go with the SKR. That's going to help with those distortions. So the fourth principle we need to think about when it comes to S blends is three trumps two. So if the child cannot produce... The L or the Rs, for instance, if the child can't say splash, or the child can't say spray, they're producing W for L and W for R. no matter what you do, when you give them all of the prompting that you have in your toolbox. At that point, you have to think, what else can I do at the three element level? And you have two options. You could do SKW, such as squeak it to me, squash it to me, or you or squish it to me. Or you could do SKYA, such as skew it to me. And so those are going to be two blends you're going to want to focus on before going to SL or W, because three trumps two. So I'm even going to present this research in November at ASHA, in which we found that if you have three element cluster gains over two, you're gonna get double the gains on clusters. So double gains on two element clusters, not by working on two element clusters, but by working on three instead of two. That's double the gains. So remember, you don't wanna work at your goal. You wanna work over your goal in therapy. Also, we found that all of the sounds, we saw twice the improvement when we had a three element cluster, such as splash, instead of a two element cluster, such as slide. So always go for the three. Now, I know that a lot of experts out there recommend that the child's able to produce the S and the two cluster in themselves. So for instance, the word is splash, they can produce play, P-L, as well as yes. And at that time, you can go to the three. I disagree with that. What our research has found is start at the three. If you start started the three element cluster with a maximum level of prompting, ensuring that the child is at least 80% accurate, you are going to move much more quickly. You're going to make greater gains. And when the child is young and neuroplasticity is at a high level, we wanna move more aggressively when it comes to the treatment target. You have to do this research yourself with your own children and compare what happens when you give a two element S versus a three element S blend. And if you're finding that the children are responding like my children are, where they're getting twice the gains with the three element cluster, you need to follow your research. All right, let's talk about how this is all going to work together when we look at how S sounds develop. So the lowest developing S sound are S stops. We never want to pick these as targets. And not only because they're low developing, but also because they're not max distinct. The two sounds are very similar. So you're not doing complex motor coordination. So these sounds at the lowest level, the S blends are ST, SP, and SK. So these are obstruent, obstruent. You have the fricative S, and it's followed up by a stop. Is not acrobats in the mouth. That's very simple. Remember, challenge creates change. We want to select the most challenging treatment target possible. Those are the lowest levels, and we never want to pick those as treatment targets. They will naturally develop when you select the three-element clusters. The next area we're going to look at are kind of need. These are the SM and the SN. They're known as nasal stops, but they're not really stops. They're really a combination of sonorants where the airflow, when the velum lowers, goes through the nasal cavity. And it also stops in the oral cavity at the same time. So if you're producing the M, the lips close and the airflow stops there. However, the airflow flows over the nasal cavity. So, it's a 50% sonorant, 50% obstruent. It's not truly an obstruent, and it is more complex than the stops. So, it's a little bit more challenging to produce than having an obstruent obstruent. So, this is more complex than the S, T, or K, but not much more so. It develops a little bit later, and it's also kind of a 50 50. So, it's not a sonorant, a true sonorant. However, I myself wanna do research this year in this area with children with autism spectrum disorder because I found that they uniquely have difficulty with the M bilabial sound. And for this population who likes to break the rules in everything I study, M may be the greatest challenge for them. SM may even be more challenging than SKR for children with autism spectrum disorder. All right, so let's get on to the next area. We've talked about the S-stops, too simple. We won't use those as a cluster. They're not worth it. We talked about the SM and the SN, a little bit more complex. However, they are still too simple with kids with autism spectrum disorder. I am gonna research that and see what happens. Let's look at the next layer. Now we're gonna get into the maximally distinct sounds when we talk about the SW. So you're moving from an S into a glide sound, obstruent sonorant, circte a We're doing acrobatics in the mouth. When we do acrobatics in the mouth, simpler clusters will naturally develop such as the ST, the SP and the SK. Now, so that is a good cluster. SW, I like to go to with children with severe impairment that are vowelizers. They're kind of grunters. So, oh, oh, oh. I go for SW and I give them every tool in my toolbox and I go at one mile an hour. I go so slowly so that they have time to join me with the SW blend. So I break that W down into the two sounds that are combined. To start the W, I go, oo, and I wait for them to join me. ooh ah. So that's what what I do with the W, very, very slow and continuous. The sounds are continuous and giving these children the gift of time to produce it. And every cue I have available to me is my starting point for children who are vowelizers and children with childhood apraxia of speech with severe speech sound disorders. That's typically where I start. I have them say some things that just sweep it to me. Let's go up a level. SL, L is harder to produce than W. So SL is going to be a little bit more difficult. Let's go up a level. Now remember the higher the level we go, the better. Now we're getting into the three element clusters. So you have three element clusters such as SPL and SKW. However, I want us to focus higher than that. If you're able to get to the S-P-R-S-T-R-S-K-R, SKR is my favorite, and that is the most complex. S-K-R, if you're able to go there, go there. And that's because everything below that will naturally develop. This is where my researcher this year got really interesting. We looked at spray versus splash. And we found that if we worked on spray, we were getting the L sound for free. Our gains were much higher when we use spray than splash. With splash, we did not see any improvement in R whatsoever. L is simply simpler than R. So R develops a year later than L, and I think that has a lot to do with it. So with spray, you get the L for free. With Splash, you don't get the R for free. So we always wanna go higher than our target. Think about that. So spray actually had better gains on L than Splash did. So as I was saying, if you have a choice between R blends or L blends, don't work on both. Work on R blends and get L for free. Now this is what I found at the preschool level. With this apply at the elementary level? I don't know. You will have to do your own research in this area and see what happens and compare spray and splash and see if you use spray, if you can get all of these L's for free. See if spray is much more effective than splash. This is what I found to be true at the preschool level. So we're at the top and we're looking at SKR, SPR, and STR. Like if we can just stop for a moment and think about how differently produced these three R's are. So if you're looking in the mirror and you say the word spray, you're going to see your lips are protruded. Then if you say the word stray, you're going to see that your lips are curled up, curled kind of like when you produce the African stray. Now, when you produce the word scrape, you're going to see that your lips are retracted. These are three very different R productions. And we know that in our language, there's more than 32 different ways we produce the R sound. So when we work on it in therapy, we want to attack it from different angles, kind of like we attack a muscle from different angles when we work it. That's how I explain it to parents. So I like to use the paragraph, my complex treatment paragraph, and I use the word scrape spray, and I like to use the word drop for variety. I also use the word angry for angry dog teeth. Now, why these words? I like the word scrape because the children have a blank slate when they say the word scrape. I don't want to pick their names. I don't want to pick their their dogs or their pets' names. I don't want to pick their favorite toys or their favorite foods that is the opposite of what I want to do because there's a lot of interference with prior learning that's going to occur. So for instance, it's like me, I walk like a penguin with my feet out. I can't change that because of the prior interference of walking this way for years. It's very difficult for me to walk differently. However, being a yoga teacher, I can do all of these yoga poses perfectly because I have a blank slate. So the reason we pick words such as scrape, spray, drop, people can be like, that's not functional. I like to pick functional words. I encourage you not to pick functional words. I encourage you to pick words that are very novel if you want to produce change. For instance, Patricia McCabe's REST approach for childhood apraxia of speech uses nonsense words. And the reason it uses nonsense words is then you don't have the interference of prior learning intruding and learning new accurate motor patterns. That's what I want with the words scrape, spray, drop. I want a blank slate for which new learning can occur. So actually, if you can think of more novel verbs to use as treatment targets, I assume you're going to have better outcomes because you don't have prior-eared learning interfering with the new motor planning and programming that you're trying to develop. So we've delved so deep into test I've had so much fun with you today. Take all of this information, roll up your sleeves, make the world a better place, one child at a time. And you are first. By the way, if you haven't checked out my Sparkle and School membership, check it out. It is so great. It's going to make speech therapy so easy. It's going to make speech therapy so engaging. It's going to be so effective for the children you work with. I want you to be one of my founding members.